Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What is going on, everybody? This is episode 158 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. Here goes nothing. I am here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. What's up, Crisis Actors? It's Mary. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. We're, we're, no, no, don't, don't lie. We, we were talking earlier. We no, said no, we're, no. We're In fixing. spite of chaos. We, we're, we're fixing the vibes right yeah, now. We, yeah. uh, we, we had, uh, you know, you have those days. It's nice weather out, too. Usually that uh, is accompanied to... It's yeah. going to start raining in the middle of this <laughs> show, actually. It'll be... Literally like, at 4 p.m. It's supposed to start thunderstorming, so... That feels, like, right on brand. Really fitting for the vibe today. It, it does. Uh, <laughs> so, so we are working through the slightly, um, not bad, but just um, uneven vibes that yes. we are feeling today. And to help us through that, we have a guest host today. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. Yes, you are. Yeah, I'm like the senior reporter, I think. How many how many articles did you get written today so far? I've written four so far. I, oh, you don't know, I write nice. five every day. You should read them on TimCast.com. Again, on <laughs> TimCast.com. Yeah. Uh, but I have five every day. It's all news. So that's why I love coming on the show, because it gives me a chance to talk about news that's not just like policy and mm. you know some days i feel like if i'm not talking about monkeypox or abortion <laughs> then like well yeah that's that's all thank oh. you Ooh, gotta protect my coffee didn't you say at one point you're like happy if you've done three by the time you come up to the studio yeah i i i got into a habit when i first started working here because of the times that tim records i used to get up at like four or five in the morning and like write most of my stuff but much earlier and then wow. i sort of shifted into being a regular person who was like this is crazy <laughs> 4 a.m um so i usually have three stuff uh, three articles that are up and or at least with our editor chris carr who's excellent yeah uh but today I'm on four so maybe that's fixing the vibes for you guys i'm it, having a productive day and <laughs> and to to help us with this before we even get started i do want to um play something very specific from uh this is gonna be the best part uh, of the show wait, it's all downhill from Are, here but it, it will we be, had to show you so here we go this is um from like this is a surprise party what are you guys <laughs> doing? uh get ready so we gotta stay sober we gotta get jacked pray meditate <laughs> don't fucking think it's all just a bunch of kumbaya bullshit if you're like i don't believe in god fucking believe in it motherfucker because he believes in you and if you don't want to use the word God, then fine. Pick other some fucking word. But it's God, motherfucker. God. <laughs> Guidance, order, and direction. Period. I didn't think about the fact that he uses such the terrible language in the video, but 
I still think it was necessary to show you guys Chet Hanks has uplifted the vibe Did today. Did he post that today? Or was he like, motivation Monday, here we go. Yeah, and then the day before, he posted a video in <laughs> a similar get- <laughs> format just titled Jacked, <laughs> saying that everyone needs to get jacked so they can be comfortable in their own skin. He's a... Uh, he's, uh, the thing is, like, this is not the worst thing that he's done. I'm almost okay with this. No, I love it. No, he's I kind love of it, coming. and I'm so sad that Dane is not here, but this is a tribute to Dane. Yeah, good old Dave. While he's in his fatherland, <laughs> we're still covering Chet Hanks. I, uh, Chet Hanks, man. What if he becomes, like, our generation's Tony Robinson, who's like, he'll Tony Robinson. who can do it? He, he could do that. It's like, all his stuff is, like, motivational and, and hilarious and awesome, so I just, I posted that on my story earlier with the hashtag and Chet we trust. So, Chet uh, we now trust. that the mood has officially been lifted, yeah, Yes. We can thank you. Thank uh, you. We, we can we can get started, and we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. We are going to talk about Leticia Wright. I don't know if it's a Leticia or Leticia. Um, <coughs> there's no C in the name. I, I thought so it was I'm, just Leticia. Leticia. Leticia Wright, um, and nearly dying on the set of Black Panther Two: Wakanda Forever, uh, a very serious injury, as well as like another redditor who worked on the on the show. So there's a, a bunch of stuff coming out there. Thank you. Uh, so much thank is you. happening right now. Exactly. <laughs> it's not that much. <laughs> Little by Relax. Little. We're good. I just had an open cup of coffee. I like. It's <laughs> a, one of the dollar bills is going to fall into or like knock it into a camera and then Brett's going to jump across and punch me in the face. Mm-hmm. That would pop a rating, I am sure. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Leticia Wright. Then we're going to talk about uh, Marvel, how they treat their animators. That is all one segment. And I want to fold that into a topic that about this great article that somebody wrote. Uh, about Martin Scorsese and Marvel and the Marvel formula, which is essentially franchise filmmaking. Uh, what I love about it is I think I would disagree with this lady who wrote this article about 98% of the things in the world, just judging by the way she writes. I'm, I'm putting a little bit of judgment on there, but I love this article and I thought it was really good. And then after that, uh, Mary is going to be very excited to talk about uh, Brendan Urie. Is it yes, Brendan, Brendan or Brendan? Yes, Brendan Urie. Brendan. Of Panic at the Disco. I was, I feel very ahead of the game on this because I saw his name trending mm-hmm. yesterday yesterday and uh i'm excited to get into it because did you write an article for timcast.com i did it? yeah <laughs> it's like really exciting i'm single-handedly the newsroom's marketing department <laughs> yeah. perfect so, so we're gonna talk about brendan not brandon because that would be like calling me brent that's a problem or you know, branthony or, or or branthovic or branthony uh so we're gonna get into that we got podluck <laughs> we got a bunch of stuff so if you ladies are ready the vibes have officially started to lift are we ready let's just get into it we are, we are ready. ready let's ready? do it all right so it says leticia wright uh nearly died in marvel's black panther 2 accident uh and basically what happened is is she um she fractured her shoulder and got a major concussion doing like a motorcycle stunt uh, and, and when you get the description of like what Moms she had to do. Moms everywhere point to this story and say, look what happens when you ride a motorcycle. That's exactly right. I mean, it's like my parents when, when I picked up skating, you know, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get, my, I mean, my dad didn't say that stuff, but my mom said that stuff. But it's, it's one of those things where when, when, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this in addition to the other articles, like when you think of companies of this size, of Disney, of Marvel, of the size of these production companies, you assume that it's like this streamlined, well-oiled machine. And from what I can see here, 
you know, judging from the outside looking in, it's absolutely not that. So it says, uh, so it says the information comes from a result of a post on Reddit regarding vi uh, visual effects workers complaining about Marv working for Marvel where a crew member for Black Panther 2 goes into detail about Letitia Wright, Wright's accident that caused during the filming of Black Panther 2 to be delayed, where it was reported that Wright, uh, that Wright suffered a uh, fractured shoulder and a concussion with severe side effects. And I am sure that that, uh, when you're an actor, you don't sign up for like... Well, okay. I One of the details of this article that kind of bothered me, it was saying that she didn't actually feel safe about performing the scene. But they made her do it anyway. It, is that something that they can make her do? I, like, I'm is just, it a breach of contract to not do your own stunts? Maybe she felt too worried to, like, say, I don't want to do this. I'm picturing Tom Cruise in the background giving her judgy eyes. Like, oh, you don't want to do your own stunts? You don't have jet fuel in you your blood? <laughs> exactly. I think part of it is in contract, they say, like, you're responsible for these kinds of stunts. Or, like, I assume we need a stuntman to come on here who's like, oh, if it's just something small, actors do it themselves. If it's something big that's choreographed, then a professional does sure, it. Sure, but then you would think, like, a multi-billion dollar media conglomerate would be able to ensure your safety. Yeah, it set, makes, right? I think that's the thing. Like, did she... <laughs> not feel safe because she wasn't trained did they like did she claim on her acting resume yes i can ride a motorcycle and then she was like can't tell anyone i can't do that but like, actually i don't know what i'm doing jordana brewster and or yeah jordana brewster and michelle rodriguez neither had driver's licenses when they got hired for the fast and the furious movies yeah i think that's, it's like yeah. a joke i mean friends makes this joke all the time with uh that man actor who's on it like the man actor joey maybe jo um Wait, there Brett, are multiple men. Brett on is judging the me, show. and I was born in a time before you guys. There, there, there's multiple men. In yeah, well, there's only one who's an actor. Anyway, and he like cl oh. he claims he can like ride horseback and speak French, and he like cannot do those things. Uh, I think that uh, there's like yeah. a question here about like so did she not yeah, Joey, feel like yeah. she if she said hey I don't feel comfortable doing that is she in breach of contract or that's yeah did her did she not about. understand that her contract allowed her to get out of it so, so I'm gonna read the statement that they make it's it made me laugh it's okay. fairly long okay, so it says, okay so my last show my uh, my last show my truck drivers was the picture car driver for BP uh, for Black Panther two and our props guy were also there I was rigging in Atlanta she was injured in Boston during a motorcycle stunt she said she didn't feel safe so they strapped her down to the motorcycle yeah yeah i know my jaw dropped at the sheer stupidity and sheer amount of people who had to thumbs up that decision to make it happen the motorcycle was on a biscuit car the stunt driver probably would hit that stunt 19 times out of 20 right well the 20th time happened no that does not that they didn't do 20 takes they're just saying that uh, all is well until shit hits the fan that one time it all goes wrong and you're basically relying on sheer dumb luck for safety and that's kind of like uh the industry as a whole like as, as safe as you make it it's never 100% safe it's never going to be yeah. 100% okay, safe okay but he is also uh admitting that they are acting like a ragtag like independent grassroots set yeah they're not like college kids making a movie they easily have more than enough resources to make sure that things like this don't happen guarantee you don't you need the, to rely yeah. on luck thank you guarantee you the budget is over 200 million dollars so it says the biscuit car hit the curb uh, it says uh it says the biscuit car hit the curb so hard it broke the welding and the biscuit went one way and the bike with her attached went the other it broke her collarbone for certain probably more uh probably more than that i don't know for sure speculating based on physics <laughs> and common sense 
severe concussion, and one of the props guys I referred to got to ride with her to the hospital in the EMS because he was the only one who knew how to take off the Black Panther helmet that she was wearing, and they think that that is what saved her life, basically. Insane. She was legitimately severely injured and, uh, and went back home to London to heal and rehab. I was injured myself by the end of that week, but the show went on a month-long hiatus uh, uh, last September, shot around, here, uh, shot around her in October and November. So basically, they had to shoot around her injury. She's not in every scene of the movie. That's fine. Yeah. You, have to, you have to do that. Uh, so they pu- they pushed back the eight week eight week hiatus because of COVID pushed about everyone by two weeks after Christmas and New Year and holiday break. I uh, yeah New Year holiday break. Uh, I, w- I I never went back to back because I was rehabbing my knee for seven months. But the show wrapped in late February last year. They're currently doing fourteen days of reshoots in Los Angeles. Um, I just like I said, I keep thinking that these are like well oiled machines, but when you're working at this level you'd think at the very least if not well oiled safe i i can't speak every to every day i become more and more of like a worried soccer mom despite the fact that i'm not married don't have children like this whole thing like when he's like yes and then they were like you know it's a good idea let's strap her to the motorcycle and you know what let's do this i want to be like there agree to that? and just be like what are you doing I mean, I guess she really trusted them and was like, they were like, no, no, this is how it works all the time. We always strap our, our uh, actors to, to cars uh, that are attached to motorcycles. In my like, industry. I would sue, but I don't even think that she has the grounds I bet, to do that. No, I bet her contract they, prevents like, her from They it. build their incompetence into their contracts. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> like we know we're going to mess it up. We're just not sure how. I guess sure that's how. how liability works, but also like you could be more responsible, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he, they also talk about her anti-vax stuff. That's what they call it. And I, she, she basically That's what kind of accident. irrelevant. She, she posted um, a bunch of stuff about uh, about being hesitant. Like anything that means like you're not like 100% like jab me now was taken as anti-vax during the height of COVID hysteria, which is mm-hmm. essentially what happened. They said like, she's like, look, my people have been tested on and experimented on before. I'm hesitant to do this. She's also very religious. Uh, I was talking recently with someone, um, Rockman Dunbar uh, is an actor who just, he had to leave a show called 911 because he just, he didn't want to get vaccinated. He said, look, it's fine. Like, I think it's not fair, but I get it. Like, these are the rules. I choose not to. But they, they blew hers out of proportion and were making it seem like that was the reason all of this got put on hold. Well, they did. I mean... At the time, if I'm remembering correctly, there was like a COVID outbreak on set or something and they all had to like take a break for quarantine or isolation or whatever. And the way they presented it was like, so there's been um, COVID delays on the set of Black Panther 2. Anyway, so this one actress who's there isn't vaccinated. Like, we should just assume it was her fault. With the timing that he described. um, Meanwhile, they're like, we'll strap you to a motorcycle (laughs) for punishment. It doesn't matter if you get COVID. It's more like she got the injuries and was in recovery in the meantime uh the regulations for vaccines came about and then became yeah. a problem but um i also like i wanted to to read this part where he said i tore my acl on wakanda forever five days after they hurt the actress at the time i was set lighting i've since switched to vfx and can 100 percent confirm being on marvel's sets is always an s show yep it's a it's a disaster zone and, and the funny thing about this is, is um 
she got blamed for the delays because of her anti-vax stance, but it once again proves that it's, it's just a cover. Even though it wasn't their... even clear that she had COVID. Like, it's, no, yeah. it's, it's not just that, but it's also, it's it's really, really shallow because they, they say right here, it says her anti-vax was not that big of a, uh, her, her being anti-vax was not that big of a thing that social media made it out to be. The effing movie was shot primarily in the state of Georgia where a lot of the crew was anti-vax and those who weren't vaccinated tested more frequently than those who were. So they had protocols in place like, look, you don't have to get vaccinated, but you do have to at least get tested mm-hmm. more frequently than than the rest. But they blame them. And it's also funny, like somebody being like, eh, maybe I will, maybe I won't just take it. It's like anti this, anti that when she's just exercising her right to bodily autonomy. I um, found this interesting that it seems like they use the, the anti-vax thing as like a cover mm-hmm. for their incompetence on set. And then injury. with the timing of... Um, the rust shooting happening yeah, and just like the overall conversation about like safety on Hollywood sets. Um, they talk about the there's Deadpool like a, too. There's definitely a balance of like how much of doing your own stunts and like having, uh, you know, realistic props and every, and realistic action scenes is badass, and how much of it is just irresponsible. Like I think about, um, in like old Hollywood, like remember uh, the Tin Man on on Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. who got like lung him. failure from like he aluminum al- particles on. He was like, allergic to the paint that paint, they used. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like how much of that is dedication to the craft, and how much of it is just like sheer stupidity and like reckless uh, treatment of like people's lives. Yeah, it makes me wonder. Brett talks about all the time how we don't give awards to like the best stuntmen in Hollywood, and in some ways, I wonder if we were. Uh, if the industry talked more about stunts and like what goes on and how you train for it and like the dangers behind it and like what does the insurance for these kind of movies look like like what does liability look like if we would have a better understanding of like is it even worth having a movie with this crazy stunt in it Um, and what's kind of sick is that like I feel like they treat the stunt actors like they're second class citizens 100%, 100%. on the, the set the deadpool 2 uh stunt person yeah, died people in don't a motorcycle even remember that. nobody remembers that yeah which is crazy and like the thing is these high budget movies are high budget because mm-hmm. of some of the cgi and technical stuff Thank you. but in large part because of these crazy stunts and yep. think about the 300k fine that uh that they had to take for the deadpool 2 incident it's like what fraction of the overall budget? Yeah, it's nothing. It's a round. And, then, and, and bet, then the profit that they made off of it uh, afterwards. And like, like you said, that? they build the that like three hundred thousand dollar fine somewhere into their budget. They know somewhere along the line things are going to cost more or something's going to happen. Yeah, they don't predict someone's going to die, but like to a it's certain extent, they are aware that they can cover that fee. I just <laughs> think that generally, uh, the more I've been on the show, the more I've talked to, especially like. Brett like who's so interested in movie production I just feel like we really need some like stunt actor uh, stunt man lady representation because I really just know so little about the industry but Marvel and DC could not survive without it yeah it seems like it's like a wild west industry they don't really want to talk about because it's like yeah everything we do is dangerous but l- please stop paying attention but somehow uh, uh John Wick gets made with ridiculous stunts that are far more practical with far mm-hmm. less injuries and counters buys all his stuntmen uh, Rolexes that's and- the thing like why yeah. can some people govern this without it being 
being like it's insanity. Tom and some Cruise only can't. Tom Cruise literally is only allowed to do those stunts because he pays for like extra insurance mm-hmm. for on himself yeah. because he's worth so much money. Uh, it reminds me of there's there's a really great like TikTok or Instagram video of like Will Smith when they're like on the set of the Suicide Squad and somebody who's like clearly never picked up a gun before picks up a gun and like muzzle break like just like points it at someone in his face just goes. Like, like you can tell that he's at least been around them on set his whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, you just, why was there not like an armor right there to like push right. that dude's, like push the, the muzzle down? Was it loaded? No, it wasn't. But that doesn't matter. The point well, is that. I was always raised that you're supposed to treat every gun like it's loaded. As if it's loaded. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, uh, it, there's a, there's a certain amount of like a lack of, um, I don't know if it's like uh, a lack of uh, responsibility, but there's like this attitude that they have to get it done. Uh, and they have to get it done at and, you know at all costs, at all costs, any possible cost. And, and then you look at I, I had the articles pulled up about the visual effects artists and how difficult it is for them to get anything done uh, because Marvel keeps giving them you know at the deadline they're asking for changes. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like the well-oiled machine that and it you, could be if they felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> what changes are they asking for last minute? Uh, like, is well, this like having to delete Ezra Miller from like your series? <laughs> that, wouldn't, or wouldn't is it nice? like, actually we changed our mind and we want a slightly different color there? So it says, uh, Marvel has probably the worst method- methodology of production and visual effects management out there. They can never fix the look of the show before more than half of the allocated time for the show is over. The artists working on Marvel shows are definitely not paid equivalent to the amount of work they put in. The charm for working for Marvel is way more overrated now and I would rather, I would much be re- I would much rather be happy working on a TV series after decades and decades of this. Uh, and they just talk about the, it's like, whether it's stunts, whether it's visual effects, mm-hmm. there is no streamlined. I don't know if it's even possible to be that streamlined with a $250 million ballooned budget to what you're making. Can you even do that? No. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's obviously not just um, the physical safety that is being thrown out the window, but people's like psychological well-being is not considered, and like what one person is capable of is like far overblown because they think that all of the employees who are behind the scenes are disposable, whereas like in reality they are the people that make these productions possible. Chris Pratt has this really good line. I saw him in an interview once and he was, someone was like, you're so great in that movie. You did such a good job. I mean, really like they say something to effect of like the movie, like couldn't be without you. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I, I write, I repeat lines that someone else has written me after someone does my makeup perfectly. And I stand on a, a spot that's been completely lit by someone else while someone else tells me what to do. I am. Yes, you're right. The movie could not <laughs> happen without me. Uh, I wish I remembered that more smoothly, but like, I think about that all the time. I think you're totally right. Like, in some ways, it sounds like these are people who are really dedicated to their craft and know that, like, they are they are treated as disposable. So, like, the studio can be like, hey, you have 72 hours to fix this thing that actually takes you weeks. So they work round the clock and they get it done, but it's incredibly stressful. Just even outside of Hollywood, there are companies that know they have employees that are really dedicated and talented who they can just expect to rise to this occasion yeah. and get stuff done. And that's not always fair, especially if long term you don't want these people to burn out i can't imagine like having constant changes mm-hmm. to things and also being like you guys have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget how much am i getting paid to do and this i'm left wondering overall like what was it for it, the ultimate you know product the outcome that they get every time 
is the same CGI garbage. Mm-hmm. And, and to be fair, like usually two acts of it are, are seamless looking CGI, and then the third act that, that's like an inside joke, right? Like yeah, the then third they act screw always it looks up. it looks less good because they're running out of time and they have twenty seven yeah. other things to do. But the, the funny thing about this is, is they talk about how they basically Marvel had like they get underbid because Marvel has all the power because they're the biggest company right now. So if you're a stunt person or you're a visual effects artist. And your industry relies on either needing something dangerous to happen on set or needing CG or computer generated imagery to be built or animations to be made. They, with the largest, being the largest company, they can just take lowball offers because they know that mm-hmm. they need them more than, uh, like, Marvel doesn't need them as much as they need Marvel because Marvel can have their pick of any of these studio, of yeah. any of these production companies. I, I hadn't thought about it um, from this angle before, but he, he called Marvel a horrible client. Which shows yeah. that these are like a lot of freelance. Yeah, they're not contractors. They're not in house. They're Disney. not in some like big corporation where you, you get in your cubicle and you do the same thing every day. Yeah. Like it changes all the time. Have you ever looked at like a? I mean, a, the Marvel makes you stay and watch the credits for all their movies for their pointless post credit scenes. Have you ever looked at just the sheer number of yeah. animators and and people working on that? And that goes with with the with the stunt people too. So it's like. Uh, I mean, on one hand, I kind of get it. Look, it's a huge production. You have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Obviously, I'm not saying you break the people, but I'm saying that it's <laughs> never going. Are you it's never going eggs? to be. It's never going to be a 100% smooth process. But it just feels like this stuff is all coming out at once, and it's very interesting. Uh, given the the size of the budgets, you'd think there would be a way for them to streamline the process just a little bit more. And there are so many people involved in a project at some point that it loses its soul, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> we'll do that. Let's do super chats and we'll get into that. Yes. Uh, Dragon's Talon 1001 said they wanted Letitia to hop up from the accident and say, "Tis only a flesh wound. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and go up to the top. We got one from uh, Dizwiz. Oh. Says, uh, sh- shotgun. Perfect. Okay. Called <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> for the Excuse whole episode me? he's sitting he's sitting right there for the whole episode uh, okay. that up said i love you brett i'll help chet <laughs> we, we i like that it's brett and chet brett and we chet make a good duo that's us i want I you guys to have like a morning talk show oh. where you like bring you could be on. like the Let. new um the new paul brothers let's maybe. go the, the new uh, <laughs> what are they called let's, the the island boys oh my god Let's do I this. think it's a great idea. <laughs> uh, License to print money, my friend. On days that you're not doing the show, Mary should just be your agent and get you other gigs. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Dragon's Talent 1001 said, what Fozzie Bear almost died in a Miss Piggy rampage? Waka, waka forever. Wait, what? Waka, waka is this thing, right? Black Panther? Wakanda? Is that, is that Wakanda. what we're calling no. it now? I don't know. <laughs> Caper2x said, Mary, we miss you at IRL. Howdy, Hannah Claire, aiming for your cup. School marm and word mistress. You're a word mistress. I'm a school marm. This is amazing. <laughs> Javi J said, after the, those most inspirational words for the creator of White Boy Summer, I'm sad the patron saint of White Boy Summer was not in the studio. We are too, trust us. We are very sad. At least we have our statuesque <laughs> goddess of journalism, Hannah Claire. That is so the most nice. Who is this? 
uh, Javi J, the most adorable Gelfling. I don't know what that is, Mary like and Brett too. I guess I'm just I'm and an Brett after too. I'm an afterthought. That's oh, what's that's a fun. Gelfling? I, I, don't, I don't know, but um, I'm just I'm still named. I would say Google it, but I get why nervous. is everyone being so poetic right now? I, the the super chats are like I'm loving Shakespearean it. today. I love it. I think it's great. All right, I want to talk about this article uh, about. Oh, I know it's oh. from the the Muppets. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I want to talk about this article about Martin Scorsese. Uh, this is an article from The Swaddle, which is not a site I have ever it's seen It's an Indian before. publication. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize at first. I, I'm not... I, I, I yeah, when you sent this to me, I was like, Brad, are you sending me a parenting article? Felt like, like that, right. What, what do you mean? So uh, basically the article says, why Martin Scorsese's criticism of the Marvel franchise continues to be relevant. And I think this is a, a very, very good encapsulation of most of the critiques I have of where film is going and, and they even they, she draws it into capitalism she draws it into uh, there were like, certain parts of the article that I didn't like but most of it I find agreeable at the very least I, f- I, f- I found it well reasoned um, yeah, most I did of too. It. So it says this year saw a slew of there's that word slew that you slew. were looking. Yes, uh, a slew of Marvel series and films come out more than the studio's own two films a year strategy. Predictably, the release of Thor: Love and Thunder over the weekend was accompanied by the Scorsese by Scorsese trending on Twitter. A reoccurring incident whenever a new Marvel release comes out. It has to do with the fact that three years ago Scorsese weighed in on Marvel films as a phenomenon, opining that that he doesn't consider them to be sim- cinema in an op-ed for the New York Times. He went on to compare the movies with theme par- as theme parks, suggesting that they offer entertainment value but are lacking in the depth that comes with making cinema what it is. Um, I, I would say most of that is actually true. Uh, like that general, if we were to make a general statement about it as a whole, I would say that part of it uh, is true. His comments have since haunted Marvel fans in, in the studio itself. What does it mean for a great auteur director to dislike the biggest cultural behemoth in the film and television industry right now? Some have argued that Scorsese represents the old guard of filmmaking from a time that lacked diversity and told stories about the mafia, crime lords, and masculine violence that equally were spectacles unto themselves. What then is wrong with putting a cape on it? Well, I think some of this like old guard critique, if they hadn't added the colon and been like diversity and mafia and crime lords, if they had said he's from an old guard of filmmaking that didn't have to compete. And I know she talks about streaming later in the article, but didn't have to compete with the timeline that uh, streaming services like Netflix have turned on for uh, basically generating tons of new content. Yeah, Uh, I would agree. I also think that when when the film industry was not as established as it is today there you had you know i would i would imagine there are budget constraints right so he was from a day and age when he had to really go to producers or studios and be like this movie is worth making please give me this budget you know and he has probably done that in a way that i'm not saying people who haven't worked on marvel films haven't sort of had to uh, advocate for their craft but it's a different when they are like oh we know it'll make money so hi- here have an enormous budget marvel makes the money not the director scorsese right. made the money for his films when they were produced like if you were to ask me right now who produced scorsese's movies most people would be like i have no f- I, I have no freaking clue they just know that he made them mm-hmm. who made uh this marvel movie you're gonna say i cannot I tell no you yeah and now scorsese has earned his own namesake yep. and doesn't need to pitch those things anymore so then, like later on, I understand why they're they're bringing up their critique that if you're, you know, 
one of the old guard, you everything that you do is given credibility, even yeah. if it doesn't deserve it. So it says, the debate has never been more relevant. We sit at the cusp of a paradigm shift in movies. Streaming platforms are one reason why, and the complete monopolization of the industry by Disney is another. These two factors have changed the model of filmmaking itself. One of Scorsese's main complaints is that we are now in an age of audience testing and playing it too safe, with no emotional danger, nothing unique or revelatory about the human experience. At the heart of the culture war, drawing the fault lines between Scorsese on one side and Marvel on the other, is the question of whether cinema and entertainment are fundamentally two different things. Marvel promises entertainment, and the box office tells us that that makes for good business. But herein lies the but uh, herein lies the the catch. Entertainment is often driven by a profit incentive that dictates where stories can go, and indeed, what stories are even told. Uh, I think this author must listen to us because I feel like, <laughs> in some ways, this is exactly what Brett and I say every time. He's like, "So this movie is making it's. It, I know sequel is not even a term for it. It's making this." fifth or sixth version of this movie or like uh addition to the storyline and i'm like i am tired of this we need to cut it off and then he's like but they make money like that's essentially yeah, but that's that's not even a uh, rebuttal that's just like a symptom of the problem yeah because uh all movie making has been profit driven i think mm -hmm. unless it's you're like industry unless you're like a student yeah. making a film like it's profit driven but um because of that, there's that there's a false dichotomy between entertainment and cinema. And there is something to be said that a director like Scorsese, when he's deep into the process of filmmaking, isn't thinking about the profit as much as he's thinking about getting the movie made. The studio yeah, is he thinking about the profit. He shouldn't have to be the one thinking about that, though. Yep. Do you want to hear my historical theory on this? Mm -hmm. I think because initially we started off with like plays and musicals that were performed on stage, and a lot of playwrights often have a background in like uh, fictional writing or political writing thank you it had a different function and then as technology advanced and we started making movies for thank silent you. movies and then progressed onwards our understanding of like bringing people into the theater or bringing people in changed yeah. and so i think that this old guard idea of like the art that you're creating should have some kind of deeper message or reflect on humanity comes from a different tradition of the entertainment industry and i don't even necessarily ascribe to that i love stuff that doesn't necessarily have Great, large but cultural significance. But you only say that because you hate things that try to teach you a lesson. Because the lessons are not, like, I don't know how to say this other than, like, the lessons aren't good moral. Yeah. They're, they're more so a one-sided lecturing than uh, really getting on the level of the audience and speaking to them. And she does, and she starts to, like, this is where it starts to go off the rails for me a little bit when she says, uh, on the other hand, many have pointed out how, unlike the films of Scorsese's generation, Marvel responds to calls for diversity even if the jury is still out on how meaningful it is. Black Panther, for instance, was a contender for Best, uh, Best Picture Academy Award, and it is difficult to argue that it did not contain the elements that Scorsese outlined as being uh, constitutive of cinema. I would argue that that is wrong. Uh, Black Panther was no different than any other Marvel movie. Was it good? Yeah, it was fine. Uh, I, I think that Michael B. Jordan is one of the best actors of the current generation, and Chadwick Boseman certainly was. Uh, you know, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. But both of them are fantastic actors. But that doesn't make that movie any more of a roller coaster theme park ride than the rest of the Marvel mm -hmm. movies just because of your, you know, your your political leanings. And I do believe that that nomination was uh, 
political in nature. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, I, and the thing is, Ryan Coogler, the guy who directed it, is fantastic. That is not to say that he is not excellent at his uh, uh, Fruitvale Station. Excellent. Like, he's not a bad director. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's more to it than just what they're, what she's pointing out here. Am I misreading that, Mary? Um, I had difficulty interpreting what the author was saying it felt about... shoehorned. About diversity, because... I thought that um, more so her point was that Marvel only knows how to make the same story about a different person. Which is a Rather than a different story about maybe someone who looks the same as the last, like, it's, like, she's saying that it's an accident that they are, like, switching out. See, what I took it as, like, she's saying that Marvel is aware that uh, people really advocate for representation or diverse representation in casting now. Whereas in Scorsese's day and age, that wasn't really a conversation anyone was having. And yeah. if they were having it, it wasn't that to that the deafening even, level that we have it now. In his time, that would be a distraction from the art. The art. And yeah. I would argue now that, like, she is saying, like, this critique of the, their ability to um, portray diversity. I don't think actually goes with, I don't remember where she says it in here, but she's like, we're at a day and age where we need to better understand humanity and like each other. And like, I actually think personally that the obsession with representation and casting makes it harder for people to explore elements of humanity because it becomes an obsession with sort of the identity on the physical outside, as opposed to like Mm -hmm. the emotional or psychological experience of like, what you're, what the what you're going through are like different situations. Uh, I think in some ways, cinema in the way that Scorsese is talking about handled it more deftly than Marvel ever could. For, yes, and, and it will continue to be. Like I said, they're making Captain America 4, for Anna Claire. I don't even four, believe you. Um, with Sam Wilson as Captain America when they could just make a, uh, a movie about Falcon, which is the character Sam Wilson played before. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to take the time to try and sell a Falcon movie. Well, they think that the name Captain America is what sell because they, they don't have any faith in Anthony Mackie or in the character of Sam Wilson when they should. When that is when he, when he played Falcon in Captain America Civil War uh, and in um, Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. He, people loved him. And they, he's great as that character. He does not need to be new Captain America. Mm-hmm. He finds that character. But like you said, their pushes to do that means that they're inherently not going to take the risks because of what she, what she draws into meaning capitalism later uh, in the article. Well, I would argue too that like they're saying we already invested this much in marketing and, you know, making spin-off shows and products for Captain America. So we need to continue to divert back to this thing that we've already invested in. Marvel movies and the crazy metaverses that I personally oppose are all born of basically the same thing, which is that these movies are part of a huge uh, marketing, content creating web and they're interdependent because they need to stay together. Whereas if you're Scorsese, like Scorsese doesn't think Walmart's going to start making an action figure of all of his characters. He doesn't think there's going to be lunchboxes. He might sell some posters. He might get to speak at wherever, but like you don't make those kinds of movies the way you expect people to interact with Marvel movies. Does that make sense? Yeah, but if you're going to actually make something that is like a milestone in in culture that people remember for decades to come you can't be thinking about like what character can i write that is like easy to make into a toy i totally agree <laughs> and you, I, the the brand like it's it's branding like i said the, the one of the best examples i have for that would be like behind me 
is uh, the picture from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which is about four, they're literally animatronic turtles in the movie, <laughs> uh, and it is a more artistically done film than almost any of the Marvel movies and evokes way more emotion than any of those movies do because it was made at a time when, and at that time, toys, absolutely part of the deal. Mm -hmm. uh, marketing, absolutely part of the deal, but it was just a different time. They, they were but doing it, it to sell the, 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 the lunch boxes, the toys, the cartoons that came before and after. Before it had the guarantee the way Mar Marvel does now. I mean, yes. if Marvel starts a movie, they know that it's either part of an already established 1,200 part series or it's part of you know what will be the cornerstone of six or seven or eight movies and maybe a TV show and maybe this other thing. Like, there's already this relationship that or this web that Marvel is built. Like, it doesn't need to take risks to be memorable. It doesn't need to have a conveying message because it's going to succeed on some level anyways. And that's really all they need. They just need it to make money. Caper2x uh, in, in the super chat says, uh, don't you think you're overthinking this? Sometimes people just want to have easily digestible non-PC popcorn entertainment. They also make money. They're, they're not wrong, but I do think that culturally these movies have become significant on a scale that's... I don't, yeah, I don't think we're reading too much I, I don't, it at all. So also, I, sorry, Caper2x, like... I, this is just the way I am. Like, yeah. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I'm the same way. I, like, think that there's a place for them, and that's why they are successful. But, like, personally, I just stand opposed to them. I'm not interested in them, and I don't think that, like, they have enough support. They don't need me to be like, well, but okay. Like, I would rather have higher standards for art. I, I sympathize with Scorsese tremendously on this. I, I love the Transformers movies. Those are not art. Those are just, <laughs> mo they're literally the opposite of art, and I love it, and that's fine. Well, I, I, they're, I mean, I guess they're, they are artistic. They're, they're, yes. Decisions. Productions, I'm but being they're hyperbolic. not. But they're superficial by yes. design, and I understand that there's a place for that. But uh, you can't make that the dominant force in the entire industry because, yeah, uh, Disney and Marvel like that's its own thing. But they're also leading the way yep. for everyone else, and everything and is going that direction. I'm glad the author addressed the the argument that people are saying well they actually have more in common with the old guard of of filmmaking than you think because they're about like mafia crime lords and masculine violence um but like sanitized masculine violence that has no stakes right exactly and like i understand this is a callback to goodfellas but yeah. like goodfellas is a story about like more than just the mafia crime lords and masculine violence. Thank you. I think that was the whole point of the article. Uh, I do want to read this, these two paragraphs here because these were the ones that really got me for it. So it says, still there's something to be said uh, for how the franchise model of creating films and TV shows occupies space. Too much, almost to, leave the, to almost leave room for anything else. Marvel features are hugely successful in the box office and many have created an emotional impact among a wide range of audiences. But in the bid to stay at the zenith of the cultural mo moment, the studio churns up more while offering less. The TV shows right now, like... Miss Marvel, from what I understand, all filler. Like, almost entirely all filler. Uh, Thorius Unlimited does uh, some really good reviews of that show that talks about just how little is actually there. The episodes are short, uh, and it's just window dressing on something that's very, very basic. Uh, so yeah, says, the, the review I heard from... Tim actually is that it's just uh, trying to be a history lesson. Thank on you. Oh my Thank gosh, you. it's happening now? It's happening now. It's it happening is. Now. Thank you guys. 
<laughs> so, uh, so it says, uh, many of the films feel factory made, as a colleague pointed out, and it has to do with the fact that the model Thank of production you. does, in fact, resemble a factory. In other words, Marvel is a result of what happens when capitalism meets cinema. It is palatable, repetitive, safe, and never subversive or risky the way art is sometimes called upon to be. The thing is, though, they... I'm just going to hold my coffee. I, I'm never going to be able to talk through the. Thank you, guys. I'm never going to be able to talk through the. They, uh, Hollywood is obsessed with subverting fan expectations, not subverting expectations for actually making good movies. Well, I think they're obsessed with, like, subverting uh, the expectation that everyone has for a story, which is, like, for instance... Uh, the hero's journey A hero's dead. journey. Is like, dead. anything yep. archetypal is now being uh, just bulldozed. Um, and it's at the expense of, you know, making anything that could possibly like be entertaining and, uh, I'll say it again, edifying for the audience. So, so it says, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, okay, so to me, this is one of those things where I, I do think that in, in a way, uh, I, I don't know if I, I buy the capitalism defense here because I do think like Orion Johnson making Star Wars, and I know that's not Marvel, but it is Disney, uh, making a, a, a Star Wars movie that they knew audiences would hate, that, that they knew that these, the strong core fan base would hate. But the thing is, is oh, Marvel is building, has built their fan base up to be what it is whereas Star Wars was in was basically uh, taken by Disney and then abused mm. right Marvel built it up its own way whereas Disney just bought uh, uh, you know Lucasfilm and then turned it into what it is without paying much respect to what the the okay. actual source material was so in, in that respect the the subverting expectations thing uh, I would find like when we watched Reacher, I said they subverted expectations by letting a masculine character be masculine and competent at his job without having to constantly be rescued and talk and spoken down to by women, mm. because that is the less common thing to have happen in that genre right now. Chris Pratt is your uh, definable action star of the age right now, right? Like, uh, and he's just kind of like a normal looking dude he's not a Schwarzenegger or a or a Stallone he's he's a regular looking dude uh we have Jason Momoa who who's kind of like a bro but to me this is one of those things where they don't want to subvert expectations in a way that actually makes the audience happy they want to say like we know what you want more than you do take what we give you and just accept it hmm I mean uh I, I don't really like uh, the part of the article that says this is what happens when capitalism meets <laughs> cinema because like look at how Lightyear did yep. for instance um, I don't think they understand what is palatable anymore because they're so disconnected from what audiences when, want when they get it right it's by accident and also like I think it must be said that uh, filmmaking is an extremely young art form in the grand scheme of things um, compared to like theater and it has always been profit driven because uh, Hollywood has had such like a, a hold on it like ever since the beginning and like capitalism is not why Marvel is making crap movies I think one of the problems that I personally have with Marvel is like 
if if you love a certain Marvel movie, if it just is your go-to, like you want to, you're having a bad day, you want to watch a movie, you have some kind of emotional connection to it, that's totally fine. But I think that they skate by on knowing that people want to see these characters and not having to put a lot of effort into their ultimate development and plot. I think that movies that are more stripped away, movies that don't have the special effects, movies that don't have the CGI, movies that, you know, whether they're big budget or not, but really rely on evaluating behavior and, you know, psychological choices or conflict that really have tensions that make you ask questions about yourself. Um, they tend to really be more memorable. You know, you tend to relate to them more. I think these are flashes in the pan and they just get your attention while you can. And then while you're still on the cusp of your mind, they produce another one. So you're kind of distracted. You look over here and it's staying in their universe, but they're not asking you to be uh, introspective in any way, because if they did, you'd have to take a position on certain issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even talking political issues, just like ideas of morality or right and wrong. And they can't do that because that would somehow isolate them from the audience. We talked about how much Doctor Strange just didn't resonate with us because of how disconnected you feel because of the uh, the special effects literally disconnect you from the emotional stakes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and that is, in a literal sense, the the money being poured into the movie is making it less human. Yep. The more people involved in a project, the less personal it can possibly yep. be for the people that consume it. It reminds me of like statistics about how you can become addicted to looking at your screen. They say it's like the blue light or whether you're just like looking for the dopamine hit when you scroll through Instagram or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. You find yourself always wanting to look at the screen. And in some ways I feel like Marvel is using that to a certain extent. Like you want to go to the movies, but you don't really want there to be more than it is. Like you just kind of want to be. I don't want to be like visually assaulted or like. You don't want to have all of my senses just. You don't want to be, but you're a very like intelligent, like person who likes to engage with the material that's in front of them. Whereas I think Marvel wants to create a customer base that is like. Uh, so overwhelmed sensor- sensorily like by the light the, by yeah. the characters by the noise by the fact that the plot doesn't really make sense you're constantly trying to figure it out and then there's a meteor and then this blows up and then there's some music and now it's nostalgic and now there's on a ship like just all this stuff and ultimately you walk out being like whoa I was just doing something else for two hours they feel like checked out the way when you binge yeah. Netflix I, for eight hours you if do. you look at the audience score for Thor Love and Thunder then that tells you all you need to know mm-hmm. And it's disappointing that people don't want something better. Yep. It's funny. I I was thinking about the movies we've seen since we've started this whole endeavor. Yeah. And I remember more from Father Stu, and I remember more from Top Gun Maverick than I do from any of the other movies that we've seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Top Gun Maverick, remember, very there's almost no CGI. Those were actual camera shots, and that was done to supplement the emotional stakes that uh, yeah. accompany the rest of the movie. and I, But I remember more, I remember feeling more emotionally from Father Stu. There was I, so much involved in just looking at their faces. Yeah. It's so much more visually interesting. It's like they tried to well, do that Evocative. And can I just say, those are both things that happen in the real world in yeah. real places. Yeah. They happen in yeah. in America, like maybe not exactly where either one of you grew up or like a lifestyle either one of you have lived, but like we're not, it's not an alien that's wandering through or like some half being, like we're seeing real people and our brains are trained to understand and look for emotion, look for ourselves in mm-hmm. real people, not 
whatever the tree thing is from yeah. that one movie. I am Groot. Who is adorable. Like, I get why people <laughs> get excited about it, right? But I just like, see that stuff and all I think of is, uh, is toy. Is, and is, I don't is, think yeah. that, There's, like, visual effects and... Uh, meaning are mutually exclusive at all, but they've made it they have to such an extreme mm-hmm. that like they've pushed it to that point. I, and they marvel as like truly the tastemaker now. Look at look at the first Independence Day, the movie Independence Day, which has literally had some of the like the special effects of that movie still hold up to this day. Mm-hmm. But the thing I remember more than anything in that movie was the dog being saved from the fire as it jumps into the 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 door, which made no sense geographically because it felt felt like the fire should just go in the door too. And I remember President Whitmore's speech at the end to all the people because it's the greatest presidential speech ever given in a movie. Has nothing to do with uh, computer-generated imagery. Has nothing to do with uh, anything with the aliens that are going on there. It's the human emotion that's uh, evoked from what he says. And visual effects are supposed to be something that complement the foundation of a good story. Not Not making like the meat of the whole production. Like, even if you think about Pixar movies, the reason that they uh, animate characters the way they do and um, design the characters with faces that have like big eyes and just a certain face shape is so that it's easier to express the emotions on their face. There's <laughs> side by side images of the Disney, of the Lion King live action of the, of the remake and then the original and you realize how soulless and dead yeah. the remake is because there's literally like if you watch the scene where he falls off the cliff you just laugh because it's like it's, yeah it's hilarious so it's, you, like it, obviously you can use visual effects yeah. and animation to uh, be like the instrument in in a good story but it starts with writing a good story right and i think they're not doing that i think they hear this is the budget and they're like oh i bet we could throw up blow up three cars in this one yeah and this, there's this, i hate that like people just eat it right up yeah the line in the swaddle article that i that stuck with me after i read it was uh we're living in a time when we need to understand ourselves our communities and what it would take for humanity sur- to survive but i never see the humanity i live in represented in a marvel movie mm-hmm. and so why would i watch it as a theoretical look for guidance and that should tell you that like marvel doesn't care about that marvel wants to put you in suspended uh suspended animation they want to distract you for a couple hours and make it so you feel like at the end of it you were checked out from the stresses of your real life that makes you want to go back and do it again but there's no plot there they're not advancing your understanding of the world or your emotional state they are actually doing the opposite of what this person thinks that they are doing or what they're trying to do yeah And I don't think it's like because Marvel is evil. Evil. No, I just think no. they're like, look, people come back when we do this. So they've, let's continue to not think about plot and to put another alien in that. They've got their formula. They've got yeah. what works. So uh, let's do super chats. Yeah. Uh, Dragon's Talon 1001 said, I wouldn't say the movie companies aren't playing it safe. They are playing it politically correct and bombing. Uh, yeah, I mean... Depending mm-hmm. on, like, I, like, like with uh, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, or a lot of these things, uh, it's the advertising that screws them, where they advertise it as if they're making this great political statement. It's not politically and, incorrect or correct. It's yeah. just like absurdity. Like, I, I, I would argue that if nobody had ever talked about how super gay Thor Love and Thunder was, nobody would have noticed it because it would have been just a, yeah. it would have just been a hint of just whatever the story was. Nobody would have cared, but because Natalie Portman has to come out and be like, yeah, it's super gay, and Taika Waititi's like, we're all a little queer, and everyone's like, what, what are you, t-? nobody cared, dude, just make your movie. No, include but it. And they're just, making the freaking rocks gay. Yes. Yeah, so. I, Thor, Thor Love and Thunder was like, a little too much there but like 
to another extent, like they would slip these things in that had nothing to do with any character development or plot. Yeah. Which and so, you know they deliberated about and that makes it so much more annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're trying to make it this flyover like moment. Yeah. It's like completely unnatural and inserted and like where it doesn't belong. Yep. It just seems very strange. Um James Orenthal Guy how do you say that? Uh Win. Win? Right. I have no idea. And um, yeah. why you Nguyen. 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 Nguyen, I think. I can't tell I'm sorry. Used to film used to film Godfather one and two are laughably dated and they're arguably better than anything filmed since because of the story writing substance. Yep. Oh yeah. The uh most movies you will find yourself more emotionally connected to movies prior to nineteen ninety nine. Uh, then you will uh, just about anything that came out once CGI started to become more heavily incorporated in, in what you're watching. I was watching, um, it's from 2006, uh, a movie called Lucky Number Slevin the other day with Josh Hartnett and Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman. Uh, and uh, just the, the way the sets are designed, it's got this really unique set design style in the way they used uh, the camera optics to film them, to give them this really, really distorted look. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I got more emotional connection out of that because it brought me into the world of what I'm watching mm-hmm. than any type of computer-generated imagery could have done. Like, not, not, I'm not, I haven't even gotten to the story of it yet, but just the story they told visually in camera uh, was more uh, did more to connect me. I've, I've been watch, rewatching Dexter. The what they use with colors, mm-hmm. uh, the color palette of Dexter connects you to Miami. Even though most of it was done in California, mm-hmm. you connect more with the color palette and tone that is done visually than you do with than if they had added a thousand layers of computer generated imagery to give you something that yeah. you're supposed to feel artificially. Yeah. I think like in terms of art history, filmmaking is going to be like exceptional in like the speed with which it degraded yeah (laughs) like from the beginning until now it's been a hundred years yep i think about it as like when you look at marketing stuff and they're like red and yellow make people want to eat more so it's no surprise that mcdonald's chose them as their color Mm -hmm. um in similar like similarly i think that there are is going to ultimately be, and I'm not, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there already is, for um, production houses, companies to be like, look, we know that like we could pay a, a team of story writers to come up with a good flaw, plot, but we also know that if we make the colors this kind of saturation and if we hit, an, if we make it about this length and if we use this kind of like rhythm or whatever else, people will stay for the whole movie and that's good enough for us. Like yeah. at some point, they aren't called to do, um, they have no responsibility for creating a plot line or story or something that's uh, evocative to the human condition because that's not really what they're doing. They're producing a piece of visual medium that makes people stay in return. Imagine if watch time were <laughs> part of the oh my god the business model but like for, with, for movie making. With YouTube, it's like yeah. ad revenue. Like yeah. They want people to stay for as long as they possibly can. Which makes it more like meritocratic on YouTube. Yeah. Right. If, like if, they only need you in a movie theater to buy the ticket. Yeah. And they only need you on Amazon to hit rent or hit buy. Yeah. You don't need to finish watching it. It does not matter to them yeah. if you finish watching it. In some ways, if like people would get, like you pay for your ticket, right? How much is a movie ticket? $15? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. But if they say like, okay, if you stay for the whole thing, you know, you don't get any money back. But if you don't like it 
at this point you'll get ten dollars back at this point you'll get five dollars back like yeah. people would be sitting there like do that i really want to watch this yeah <laughs> that's like how it works i mean that's uh, why youtube only. content creators in mm-hmm. some ways are striving to be like i've got something to tell you but it's on the last 30 seconds of my video like they don't want you to skip ahead because they mm-hmm. want you to watch their ads especially because um, like brett you always say like you are the person who will just turn something off or walk out of a theater if you're done with it but it actually doesn't you know? matter if you do that i mean right. you save your own sanity I've and never, I, don't you say, yeah. ever, I don't think i walk out of a theater but like uh, yeah if it's tv uh if they don't hook me in the first 10 minutes and i think that I'm, should I'm out. that should matter to them anyway goofer trooper said <laughs> where did all the b movies from the 70s to 90s go why hasn't there been an evil dead of the 2000s uh we, we had to ask for the evil dead the tv show hmm. caper 2x said don't you think you're oh you, you already you read, read that, that one yep. dragon's talent said they now have to use a checklist in who to hire instead of hiring the very best actors for the project yeah there, there's not a, always but but that does happen that's and Definitely I also think, think when they're selecting stories, therefore, like what movies to produce, they're thinking someone in the room is thinking, well, we got pitched two storylines, but this one we could add a more diverse cast. So let's go with that one because that's better for us, yeah. you know, at the expense of like, but that plot is better, but it requires like an all Hungarian cast, let's say, or like whatever. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I know this is like hella trite, but um, it's like control of the media akin to like fascist regimes yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> um maverick pilgrim said disney once had the hollywood social nostalgia capital to drive an ideology and narrative as a platform for bob Iger to run for political office yep. that capital is spent now no more money guaranteed yep mm-hmm. i that was uh, that became really clear to me when i when somebody the first time somebody pointed out that Iger wanted to run for president it made far more sense to me given how quickly they moved Thank their you. platform going that direction. And he's old. He's in his 70s. I thought he was like 50. That guy's got fair. great plastic surgeons. <laughs> Joe Biden's older than he is. That is true. <laughs> uh, Caper2x said, so movie critics love and the audience hates? Uh, Which one exactly? Yeah. Uh, what I found is that the um, uh, the stuff that... Uh, the more interesting stuff is the is the stuff that's kind of uniform. Like if I get, if it gets a high audience and high uh, critic score, I'm more interested in that than I am by the stuff where it's high audience and high or low critic or low critic and high, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I knew I was gonna like the Terminalist because the critics hated it, but that's not super interesting to me. I just know I'm going to enjoy it and have yeah. a, a decent time watching it. But it's the stuff like Top Gun Maverick, which got fairly high scores across the board. And there's Thank other you. ones I can't think of all the examples off, of my, off the top of my head. But there was some stuff we talked about this year where they had high enough critic and audience scores where I was like, wow, that's interesting. Like, yeah. That doesn't happen very often. And it would be cool to live in a world where like <laughs> you didn't have to be like, oh, the critics are saying this. So I've got to only like I've got to weigh it with a grain of salt. Like if you like I know there are some people who review movies and stuff that Brett really does like trust and sort of like. He has learned over time that when they like a movie, he is also they have similar interests. Yeah. Also, the less culturally relevant it is, the more you can trust the critics because mm-hmm. they're more biased against stuff that they feel has more cultural relevance. Mm-hmm. Marvel stuff gets that way because they know of the place Marvel holds or the stuff or the place DC holds uh, in the enta- in the entertainment zeitgeist. So, if it's some random thing you're watching on Amazon or some random show on Netflix, you can probably trust that more if you know that nobody else is really talking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So. Uh, bad app said money shot yep thank you if you were the one <laughs> who me? gave us a crisis party oh you guys have so much jargon every time i come on i love it <laughs> i'm gonna make myself a like we're pop culture, culture. Dictionary. <laughs> we are building culture literally i want to be out in the world and someone will be like 
use one of these terms except they're actual terms people use so i guess it's not yeah <laughs> you don't want to hear anyone say money shot to you in the in the real world yeah that's why money shot from idubs doing his <laughs> his fan mail videos back in the Disney. dragon's talent said if marvel wants to become relevant again then they need to get out of the liberal hive mind bubble of hollyweird i would love for them to make just like a we like like if they made the punisher like super super like uh like get um Maybe not Chris Pratt because he just did the turn. Get the guy from Reacher to do the Punisher uh, and just make it uh, ultra, like, weirdly, like, right wing and just start <laughs> catering to that market as well. If this is really about capitalism, then fill all your markets. There's and- totally a market for it, but I think that there are so many ideologues. Yep. And I love John Bernthal as the Punisher. Um, so I'm not even saying that that was necessarily bad, but mm-hmm. that's like I have no faith that that's going to. I don't know if he's going to be. I know Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are both coming back as Daredevil and uh, and um, uh, Kingpin for the Echo TV series, but I don't really care much. And they're also bringing back um, Jessica Jones for Disney Plus. But like I said, that stuff was interesting to me when it was on Netflix. It's not really interesting to me now that it's uh, Disney Plus. Uh, Johnny Beck sent us a thumbs up. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, this isn't a super chat, but someone said Thor Love and Thunder was super over the top, heavy gay, like gayness as parody. I don't agree with that, but um, I thought it was pretty heavy. Like, it I was mean, definitely more than I was expecting. It was heavy in the sense that um, they were trying to do it like a drive by moment that with like several wasn't different characters. involving the main characters and wasn't uh, actually part of the plot. So it did felt feel very like fabricated and like forced in there, yeah. but um, I wouldn't say it's like as gay as Natalie Portman was saying it was. Um, Nathan Koss said the overuse of CGI can be chalked up to the fact that Marvel has no good actors when actors can't emote, just fill in the space with CGI. I think even I mean they hire Christian Bale, they have Robert Downey Jr., they have Tom Holland, who is a good actor, a good good enough. Uh, there, there's good actors there, but it's just the fact that the the business model, the the production model, doesn't call uh, for that to be used. What was the other? Was it Jurassic Park, World Park, whichever World. one with the dinosaurs? Yes, I remember watching <laughs> that movie, and because we we reviewed it for this show, and I remember coming back and being like, there are a lot of talented actors in this and actresses mm-hmm. in this movie, but I feel like they were given too Thank little you. to work with. Yeah, like. I I agree with you. Like I think there are probably some people who are cast just because and they're not particularly good. But a lot of the time, I do think you do a disservice to the actors by giving them scripts that have no plot and have no development. Like yeah. they aren't supposed to ad lib everything. And also, like, wh- why not? You if you're paying this much for talent, why not give them something to really work with? Yep, mm-hmm. because their name drives business. So yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sorry to read another one that's not a super chat, but it made me laugh. Someone said, yeah, everyone brought they dictionary since Hannah Claire is on today. I just thought it was funny that he said they dictionary. I love it. Um, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Goofer Trooper said, Taika Waititi needs to go back to making movies like Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, or Jojo Rabbit. Is it Wilder Rabbit, People or Wilder Wilder? People. Um, Wilder People, I believe. Wilder People. Uh, Jonathan Harris said most movies I'm not looking for an emotional connection most movies are detached from reality and paying $20 to see this dystopia doesn't sound good I am over the dystopian genre as a whole like I if I didn't have to see one more movie that has it to had do with- a big 
resurgence in like the early 2010s divergent yeah i think so and then i think it kind of started to die and then like we had covid and people were like it's coming let us prepare (laughs) yeah uh thank you but like Look, there are a lot of really wonderful dystopian surrealist novels. Dare I suggest we read a book on the pop culture <laughs> podcast? Hey, hey, hey. Let hey, me be hey, crazy hey. here. Don't put me out of no. business. <laughs> but the thing is, like, really good dystopian literature, it, in my opinion, and someone Thank can agree with me, what is happening? We're going to have a very hard time getting to topic three This today. is a lot. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop after this. We but, could like, save it yeah. if you want. Um, uh, we'll, we, we'll keep going. All okay. I was going to say was, like, it, it, one of the things is, like, you can do stuff in books that call on the reader's imagination that then when you have to transfer them to film must be really expensive and not make sense. Yeah. And so like some mediums for messaging don't, they don't all work equally is what I'm saying. So like Mm -hmm. maybe let's leave dystopian behind. Maybe let's leave some superheroes behind Let the comic books have them for a bit. How about dystopian superheroes? Isn't that basically what they all are now? (laughs) Our our planet is being murdered by murder butcher god. When is the Captain Planet movie coming out? With all the climate hysteria, we need Captain Planet. That one's too overt. They know they they got caught with their political messaging. Uh, uh, Mary Diaz said, review Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Also, The Blob. What's The Blob? Isn't that like an old movie that's like about a gelatinous form? I, I don't know. Flubber. Remember Flubber? No, the Robin blob Williams? is like a horror, an old horror movie. <laughs> Dragon's Talon said, I want a movie where all of the actors' lines are just, I am Groot. Groot is I mean, a at show. this point, it might be better than the Thor Love and Thunder okay. script. That's true. Did you guys watch uh, Whose Line Is It Anyways? Yes. Okay. Do you know that um, game that they would play where everyone, like, there would be one person, they'd get a scene, and one person could talk freely, but the other two would get, like, two lines that they were allowed to say. And so they'd have to, like, put a lot of inflection into what they're doing yeah it is some of the funniest performing i've ever seen and you really do see what they're doing like i i think that like there are there are scripts that are limiting that are funny but then there are scripts that are limiting that like just handcuff the actors i don't know mm-hmm. hobbit said back in the 90s barnes and noble did a poll of the best book of the 20th century lord of the rings won easily I would love to know what the other contenders were. Critics were furiously asking how people could like that trash. I hope that that's not true. Critics, as usual, suck. <laughs> uh, Joseph said, art, in my opinion, should be profound and speak to the human experience in some way. Not this steaming garbage pile. Hashtag not art. I think there's a place for all of it. Like, like I said, I, Brett's nicer than I am. I it's art. It's just bad. I don't have a problem with the Marvel properties. I have uh, questions about what it means culturally for the art form of film as a whole, but I don't think all of it needs to... Like I said, I can watch uh, The Godfather. I can watch Transformers. I can watch uh, any of these movies. um, Or uh, Actually, I've never seen... um, I don't think I ever saw uh, Citizen Kane, but uh, I think I sh- I'm supposed to. I'm not I think I'm supposed, supposed to. to. I, I think I'm supposed <laughs> to have seen Citizen Kane, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, uh, the, uh, the, there is a place for all of it, but it's just a matter of finding your audience. And like Mary said earlier, it is still a capitalistic endeavor that uh, making it come second to actually turning a profit for the people who invested in the project for them, those that are making it. If not, watch fan films. Like, that is a great place. If you love genre properties, uh, the fan-made films are oftentimes more organic mm-hmm. and have more emotion because there isn't the budget there. Yeah. Uh, there's a Spider-Man Lotus. Spider-Man Lotus is coming out. All of the Batman fan films, in my opinion, are fantastic. Just uh, mm-hmm. that's stuff to look for. I've heard the Star Wars ones are okay. 
Uh, I think Andrew said he didn't like them, but I've heard some people say that some of those are actually fairly good. But I think if you're looking for an emotional connection to source material, check out some of the fan films that don't have the budgets that the bigger budget properties do. Look, all I would say to you, there's a place for all of them. I like dessert. I like ice cream. I like sugar. But I don't need to gorge myself on it and give myself diabetes. For every meal. I don't yeah. need to give myself tooth rot. Like, this is the equivalent of what we're consuming as a culture. And I just think that, like, we should reconsider our diet. You know what I'm saying? Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Hobbit said, four more polls across the world show Lord of the Rings won the popular vote. When I read that, I learned then to never trust the quote-unquote experts. Experts. Yeah, so true. Goofer Trooper said, what are some Hannah Claire approved movies? Um, I have approved. Not, I, not enthusiastic, <laughs> go watch it, but just you approve. Oh my gosh. Uh, I hate to be the, the downer on this. I, um, <laughs> I love, like, teach their own, right? I haven't seen a ton of movies. I loved Captain, uh, Captain Commander growing up. I liked um, uh, Almost Famous. I... My, one of my favorite movies of all time was uh, with Heath Ledger, uh, A Knight's Tale. That was a classic. Um, I have a really hard time sitting still for movies, so I have not seen as many as Brett has, and I feel like I should not give you recommendations. No one has seen um, as many as Brett I has. I did not like, what's that one, Maud and What's-His-Face? Hmm. It's like a, a old-timey classic, but like, oh, Rear Window was one of my favorite movies. Ah, like, yep. I just like movies that make me feel a little bit tense and then make me walk away thinking about things. But that's just not every movie. I get that. Uh, Dill said, check out Oscar Wilde's preface to the picture of Dorian Gray. He has an interesting take on art. Yes. yes. Very good. Highly recommend. Okay. Hannah Claire approved. Caper2x said, <laughs> what's Hannah Claire's approved <laughs> movies? Books. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but I really was not allowed to watch that much TV or movies when I was growing up. So I feel like I'm actually culture. Like, I need my older brother to get in here because he yeah, was much enough. better at this. Caper2x said, you're a heathen, Brett. Make mine Marvel. Down with DC. Uh, DC Thumbs all the way for me, but Brett. that's uh, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> uh, Bad App <laughs> said, make tim get this nerd hannah her own book review show <laughs> and yes. at mary your fleek af referring to my black is that hands. the same thing as on fleek? on fleek on fleek i was just thinking about this because like it was a very 2016 thing to say on, on fleek, fleek. <laughs> but like let's bring it back speaking of mary has the best nails i always love them. thank you <laughs> speaking of 2016 or years not current let's talk about panic of the disco and uh, <laughs> uh do you want to do you want to do you want to read this headline mary Sure, because I wrote it. Because you wrote it. (laughs) Uh, Twitter stands mass block Brendan Urie due to resurfaced clips of problematic comments. The panic at the disco artist got branded as the Chris Pratt of the music industry. (laughs) I very deliberately picked this this image of him. Uh, I love it. It's like he's looking at the Twitter trending page and he's like, oof. He looks like Chris Pratt, do you say? He looks weirdly (laughs) like Andrew Garfield right there. Yeah, kind of. Um, so let me break down what people are mad about. <laughs> um, I saw his name trending. With, By the like, way, if people are sick of like the intellectual discussion of movies, we're about drama. To drama. drama. Mary I love loves drama. drama. I, I can't get enough of Whenever it. Whenever I'm like, oh yeah, I'm on the show. They're like, yeah, when you're on the show, it's like more um, analytical. And I'm like, are you trying to tell oh. me you have less fun when I'm on? Let's <laughs> get stupid on pop culture crisis. I love drama. Let's do it. So, um... I saw just hundreds of tweets that where people came up with innocuous reasons that they blocked Brendan Urie on Twitter. 
From Panic at the Disco. Yes, okay. from Panic at the Disco, if you weren't aware. I know a lot of people in the audience maybe weren't, you know, emo. Um, <laughs> Wait, you they, emo? But they had no. some really Imagine big hits. My they show. Were, they like, did, yeah. I was going to say, even the non-emo kids. But know maybe a lot is. of people don't know that Brendan Urie is behind the, mm. the, I respect, the act name. Um, so they were saying, like, gas prices are high, so I'm blocking Brendan Urie on Twitter. Or, like... <laughs> I'm struggling with my mental Thanks, health, so I'm blocking Brendan Urie on Twitter. Or like just sense. random things that they were upset about, like the grocery store is still out of my favorite my ice pasta. Blocking I'm blocking Brendan Urie on Twitter. He's somehow responsible for this. Um, so I digged into the real reasons that people were mad at Brendan Urie, um, and it turns out, first of all, they're rehashing the beef he had with. A former member of Panic at the Disco. It used to be a four-person act. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan Ross is generally credited with the songwriting genius that gave them the huge success they had in Thank the you. 2000s. Thank you. And uh, people have always kind of resented the fact that Brendan Urie kept the name of Panic at the Disco as a solo artist rather than going on his own to you know make a name for himself in his own work um so they think that he really didn't have anything to do with the artistic merits of like a fever you can't sweat out which is their first uh like their early work that mm -hmm. they credit ryan ross for um so that was the first thing that they were rehashing which i think is actually valid okay um because i do too he should have just gone under his own name or picked something else right they're saying um I, like the, I found this tweet that they said, uh, I've genuinely sieved over him getting credit for Panic's entire discography by piggybacking on the band's name because I know he wouldn't be nearly as successful if he went by his own name. Um, I love Noel Gallagher from Oasis outside of Oasis. Just yeah. as an aside. Well, I like, also think being like, this is a Panic at the Disco album, but actually it's just me, Brendan Urie. Like, mm -hmm. kind of, it's like false advertising. Yeah, yeah and a lot of the time... Uh, People unfairly credit front men with everything. Yeah, everything, like yeah. all of the success when it seems like he kind of built his career on the foundation of someone else's work. Mm -hmm. um, now, it's not to say he's like not a good singer or songwriter. I think that since he's been a solo act, there, there have been some good songs and he's actually had like more commercial success making just straight up pop songs. I don't like them, but like some people do. Um, I thought that that criticism, though, was fair. But then the other stuff that they were rehashing is basically every uh, problematic, quote-unquote, statement that Brendan Urie has ever made in his entire public career. Yeah. Um, and I looked at a thread that listed all of them, and I looked at the video evidence of every single thing that she he has, said. She has done her research, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let me just list. The accusations against him include, but are not limited to, fetishizing bisexual women by calling them barsexual, implying wah, wah, wah. that they are only gay when drinking. Um, telling uh, the crowd at one of his there it is. second crisis party. Oh thank you so much. Thank you. Today is such a good day for super chats. Thank you so guys, much, I'm guys. I'm telling you, you fix the vibes. This is yeah. Thank you guys so much. You uh, have no idea how much it means. <laughs> uh, telling the crowd at one of his concerts that he wishes he had been born black. Uh, joking on stage about that cup. essaying concert goers after a show. 
Um, Woo! <laughs> using a <Keep> s- <laughs> <laughs> using a slur for transgender people. I'm sorry, like the tone shift. <laughs> um, using a slur for transgender people during an interview. Uh, and saying a racial slur while lip syncing to rap songs, which you can guess which that will slur get you, that was. That will get you every time. Every time. They get you every time. And he did it, I think, like a few different times, but um, it was like on live stream because he, he was like a live streamer for a while on Twitch. Yes. Never Red and Yuri is like, I am staying relevant. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you cannot stop me, Mary. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if we can actually. I hyperlinked all of the videos if we wanted to, like, look at one of them, but they probably are not YouTube friendly. Mm-hmm. But I'll just say, like, my impression is all of this is kind of overblown. Just a little bit. I don't really care about, like, who, like, what groups he was offending with. He's his like relatively innocuous comments, his especially like the bar sexual thing. See, like that's so stupid. But do you think Chris Pratt is like they're calling him for what? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt's like, why are you bringing me into? This? I thought you were gonna tell me that Brendan Ure is like actually secretly a Christian and owned a farm. Like no, 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 nothing like that. Because it's he's not even as cool as Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is like I disavow this criticism. Yeah, like Brendan Urie. Uh, from what I've seen, at least, has kind of courted an audience that celebrates woke stuff for mm-hmm. a long time. So it only makes sense that he would get, you know, cornered. Do you by think he identifies as a male feminist? Probably. Oh, oh, yeah, most that, definitely. That will get you every single time. Yeah. Immediate red flag. <laughs> um, so I found a tweet that uh, said he was the Chris Pratt of the music industry, and I just had to lead with that. Um, but it's not because of what it sounds like. Did the tweet explain, like, why they had specifically targeted Because the internet hates him and the internet hates Chris Pratt. Yeah, exactly. Um, I said, not only because he lost balance on the tightrope of political correctness, which is so easy to do, but also the instantaneity of his fall from favor. Mary was also very happy about the word instantaneity. It's a good word. Um, And a reply to that tweet said, everyone loved him until one day they didn't. Would you guys say that's true of Chris Pratt? No, people still like him. Hollywood is like, do you remember that time? And everyone's like, yeah, but he's so nice. And he's got the cute kids. And he's in that one movie I like. (laughs) They're like, no, but we hate him. And they're like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's mostly Hollywood that dislikes Chris Pratt. No, it's Twitter that hates Chris Pratt, not Hollywood. But Twitter isn't real. But but I'm saying that's where it it is. I guess like... If Twitter we were talking weirdos, about Brendan Urie too, only Twitter. Twitter weirdos are, are who hate these people, and they're not real people. The yeah. Dead, the dead internet. I, I feel like this is a weird... I mean, I, I do feel like Chris Pratt must be like, what's happening? Why um, am I always getting blamed like being for like, everything? He's like the Chris Pratt of the music <laughs> industry, who's like the Donald Trump of Hollywood. Like, what are you talking about? I don't understand any of this. Yeah. Uh, you're just saying divisive it's names just plus some sort of... Yeah. At like, that point. <laughs> but, um... And and because Twitter is not real, I of course like address the speculation that bot accounts run Twitter trending anyways. So who knows if anyone actually has a problem with Brendan Urie? Has Brendan Urie responded? No, not as of yet. I hope he is not 
stupid enough to be like i'm gonna make a public comment I think on this he does know better because although he has apologized for some of these things in the past he i didn't said see... apology like 90 times in oh the, uh, yeah he, yeah, he played, yeah like he i did found an apology a... where he literally says the word apologize like 57 times but does he say i'm sorry <laughs> or does no say, it's, I'm, it's a... I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. i'm sorry it's like literally him it's like if there was a video of an actual knee breaking from bending so much it's <laughs> yeah a, it's this video it's yeah really which bad. is why i don't like sympathize exactly yeah. um i just felt like pointing out the absurdity of it i think this moment he engages with this at all he makes it legitimate and he's gonna like never ever 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 <laughs> ever be able to get over this for the next at least three years that is the problem yeah i mean the clip that he was apologizing about was the uh saying the slur for transgender people um all the other stuff i never saw him apologize for okay. so i think he may he stands by better. wanting to be born black yeah, I mean, that clip, if anything, was him just, like, being cringy and, like, beating himself up for being white on stage. Uh. Like, he was like, please don't make fun of me because I'm a lame white guy who's, like, wearing this outfit that, like, why am I even wearing this? Like, I'm so white. Rihanna hasn't... Oh, sorry, Rihanna. It's Rihanna. Rihanna. It's not Rihanna. Uh, Rihanna has... It's always been Rihanna. <laughs> uh, hasn't released an album in this six years, so I blocked Brendan Yeary. That's my favorite. Yeah, that stuff. That's like, my favorite. Just come up with your personal reason today to yep. block Brendan Yeary on Twitter. Our, our second segment went 40 minutes, so I'm blocking Brendan Yeary. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Look, when, when you guys show out in the Super Chats. It's the best part. Yeah. Screw Brendan. I'd honestly rather have fewer them. segments and have more interaction with everybody. Exactly, dude. It's yeah, more, thank you. Like, a lot of times I'm worried that we're not going to, like, have enough to talk about in a lot of this stuff, but then people always make it more fun when they interact. Yeah. And, like, uh, I de like a lot of those opinions, like, they, they share things that I never would have thought about mm -hmm. or, or brought up. I love it. Mm -hmm. My favorite part. Uh, let me read some super chats. Yep. Speaking of which, Dragon's Talon sent us a gif of a pair lifting weights saying, keep it up. Well, thank you. That's thank very you. cute. That's great. Jonathan Harris said, another point. I didn't see six Jurassic Parks for the plot. I saw <laughs> the first one because it was interesting and the other five because dinosaurs. If another company made a dinosaur movie, I'd watch that too. Amen. I mean, yeah, I, I understand. You know, there's a place for superficiality and dinosaurs in action scenes. But wouldn't it be cool if another like another studio made a dinosaur movie instead of having the same thing keep happening? Unfortunately, I the the creators of Jurassic World Dominion did try to yeah. put forth a message in that movie not convoluted it, it was, and bad but yeah yeah they, they it tried. was like i hated it i hated yeah. the message yeah. but they well, were I, i'm i don't even care much about, i i just thought it was convoluted and poorly delivered i i disliked the you know philosophy of science the yeah, thing the, yeah. the point they were trying to make um goofer trooper said drama very pog much groove <laughs> i love pogging at drama Dragon's Talon said, Brett doing quote unquote looks like an angry T Rex that can't scratch their itch. LOL. <laughs> I love that. Boom, roasted. <laughs> it's literally just how anyone does quote unquote, though. Like, it's anyone doing scarecrow. There's something about Brett like doing stuff that just makes but it so much just, better. If it's Brett, they're going to bully him. It's so unfair. You have, like, sort of mean fans, I guess, or mean listeners. Um, yeah, Mary said that earlier. Um, She's like, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. That app said, Mary, write an article about Tillian from Dance Gavin Dance getting canceled. Money shot. Read the second Crisis Party donation as well. That would be awesome. Yes. Thank you. Um, I didn't know that Tillian got canceled. We should go for a third Crisis Party right like now. But that's, like, really interesting <laughs> because... Uh, 
you know, like as a replacement for Johnny Craig, like how can you go wrong? Um, (laughs) She's saying so many words that I don't understand. I I know like way, way too much lore. Like me and Carter both know. Oh, I bet. Like lore of like all the Warped Tour bands. Like I used to go to Warped Tour. I was obsessed with it. But like that, I guess I literally can't literally before my time. I'm no, gonna actually. Having it recently. I'm gonna call that fake news. I don't think that's real. I don't think you at at. That's not a real. Thing. No, no. That's I was like, look. The thing is, I wasn't allowed to wear makeup, and I like didn't look the part. But in my soul, I was like, Warped Tour is the coolest thing ever. Wow. Um, and it was cool. I do see if I can so. find you. What years my, did like, you go to? I went. I you, love this. She does wear Vans, so I think I, I went the summer of 2009, the summer of 2008, oh summer of 2007. And maybe one more, but I can't remember. Wow. And I had a childhood friend who would come with me. Uh, My stepmom would drop us off. And then we'd go. Like one year, my brother and his girlfriend took us. uh, And we were still pretty young. And I was um, going to say, like, I was like three years out of high school in 2000. I feel so I wasn't in high school at that point. But (laughs) the... um, I remember when Warped Tour announced that they were doing their last tour ever. It was like a couple years ago and I don't remember who but we like we haven't you know we drifted apart you know these things happen but no ill feelings and she, one of us messaged the other one was like can you believe Warped Tour is coming to an end because we were like so into it anyways yeah. there's one more there Caper2x said Mary versus Brett Cooper best uh, I think you mean PCC <laughs> changed my mind Um, we would love to have her on obviously I once got a message from Andy uh, here uh, when they were in uh, Austin or when I'm sorry when they were in Nashville okay and he says uh, well you know I, he's like if you married Brett Cooper her you name would be Brett Dasovic Brett Dasovic <laughs> I think that's a great unless idea. you take Cooper as your last sorry name, that's I'm, then there will be two Brett Coopers. or she could, she could hyphenate I suppose she'd be Cooper Dasovic Cooper one of the two you could make her move Cooper to her middle name so she'd always be Brett Cooper but she'd be Brett Cooper Dasovic don't perfect. scare her off Brett perfect. <laughs> Let's do, uh, let's move on. Do you want to do Podluck? I love then? setting Brett up with people. We should do this more often. Are you sure we should do Podluck? Let's, we'll, let's we'll, do Podluck. I don't want to go like we're, OD, we're, but. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to I won't it. talk that much, I promise. So it says, uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to uh, run through the Elon Musk one first because I sent this article to Hannah Claire. I sent day. it to you this morning. No, I'm, I'm, t- I'm starting with the Megan McCain one. Oh, okay. uh, Megan McCain oh. calls out Elon Musk <laughs> and Nick you. Cannon for their impregnate the planet me- mentality. Dystopian, she calls mentality? it. Mentality? Um, uh, I do like the idea that Hannah Claire responds with, never in my life has I have I ever thought about the phrase, I wonder what Megan McCain is thinking. Yeah, there's never been a news article where I've been like, what does Megan McCain think about this? Uh, including this. Uh, I also thought it was weird when uh, when Nick C- Cannon responded to Musk and was like, me too. Like, <laughs> surprise. Or I have twins as well. Like, I think you guys are doing it for different reasons. But, mm-hmm. like, okay. So it says, the, this impregnate the planet mentality is creepy and comes off like the actions of a cult leader more than an altruistic person who wants to expand their family and save the planet, McCain wrote for the, for the outlet. Elon is the wealthiest man on the planet. He certainly can largely do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, but don't for a minute think that ordinary Americans relate to this at all. Well, nobody's relating to Elon for that. They're relating to Elon mm-hmm. for the memes. Nobody gives a crap about Elon, uh, about his family. They care about the memes. Uh, and uh, to be fair to Meghan McCain, I wouldn't disagree that Elon Musk's like drive to like 
do like this mass breeding campaign is dystopian only because he's not in a monogamous relationship. Mm. He's kind of treating these mothers of his children As like they are his like concubines or incubators. I think it's like a weird science kind. experiment. Like I, I think don't he's like, like it. I think he is like selecting different enough, but they're all pretty highly educated women um, or at least like affluent or have some kind of like you know whatever in some way they're elite in some way and mixing his genes with them and seeing like which kids are going to turn out to be the most interesting or successful yeah. like i stand by that is, that is dystopian i'm it's not gonna dystopian. like the national post in canada run this ran this headline today that i almost sent you that was like why is elon musk consistently conceiving children with canadian women <laughs> and like i think he's like there it's is some sort canadian of logic women, right? but there's multiple now as opposed mm. to just like i think his first wife was canadian so is grimes okay. and so is um the Neuralink executive the article she sent me the other day says does elon musk have a breeding kink <laughs> yeah uh, that's the thing i don't think it's like sexual for him i think if he had the option to asexually reproduce by like dividing in two yeah i, I think, think he would do that yeah i do too i mean i really do think this is some kind of like we'll just like as as I hope all of you know, I fu fully believe he fathered Amber Heard's baby, who was born via surrogate. So there was, as far as I know, no romantic path to making that child. There are and suspicions. I think, I think in some way that he was like, well, she's very beautiful, but she's crazy. So we'll just roll the dice and see how this kid goes. I've got a couple other cooking with Grimes and that one with that girl in Austin. Like, yeah, I think at the this scientific point, scientific method. Yeah, I really do think he's just seeing what happens. <laughs> Um, but I'm obsessed with this story, just in case anyone wants to know. Do you want to do you want to read the Hollywood Life one, or at least give a, a general overview for the one about him and Natasha Bassett? So Bassett? Brett sent me Megan McCain, who I dismissed on on face, uh, and then today it came out that because every morning I check the news for my my other job and like flag stuff that I want to write about, but. Now all the algorithms send me Elon Musk stuff because they know I'll click on it. All uh, all of our chats are just Elon, Elon Musk, Musk stories back, back and, and forth. forth. Yeah, um, and I wasn't even that. Like, he's fine. I don't totally trust him, but like this procreating pro family stance is Thank the you. best. Because he put out this tweet that was like, "I am doing my best to help with the like uh, underpopulation crisis," and I like. Like what well, he said, uh, doing his part. Okay, he said, "I hope you have big families, and congrats to those who already do." Like, he just makes me laugh. But anyways, so this morning, the big update is that he and his 28-year-old actress girlfriend Natasha Bassett, who's in the new Elvis movie, have broken up amid the revel his surprising twins revelation. It's not that surprising though. Also, like, I think if you're dating Elon Musk, you just have to now be prepared <laughs> that like he has more kids than you will ever know about or that he will disclose to you. Like, do you think it was mutual or do you think that she dumped him? Maybe she's mad that he did not offer to impregnate her. That, mm. She's like, what did I do that's wrong? That's why I think she's like, why am I not a good enough specimen that's what to I mean. mother your He's child? He's like, when your first, uh, what do actresses <laughs> win, Brett? Best actress, Oscars, Oscars. Tonys, <laughs> I don't know. Words are Tony's to just me. for the stage. He's like, if you win Emmys? an Oscar, we'll talk about it. Yeah, when you prove that you're someone of value, <laughs> she was. A, she's like an elite Forbes 30 under 30, and you know whatever. So, but her reps were like, you know, it was a big revelation, and this movie just came out, so it's been sort of stressful. They've broken up. Is that I how just, she talks? Like, They've broken up. I think it's, it's like so obvious. Like, could you imagine if you're dating this guy and he's like, by the way, I had a kid with Grimes, she's a surrogate, but I think I told you about that one. And she's like, yeah, okay, like unusual arrangement, but no problem. And then he's like, oh, actually, surprise twins. And she's like, wait, stop, how many more? And he's like, I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't like, tell you. <laughs> I don't remember. There are 10 other ones in the oven right now, actually. Oh my gosh. Anyways, as far as we know, Elon Musk, father of 10, 
it's not really uh, ex- uh, totally cre- uh, connected, but I found this before we were done. It's uh, ice cream and eat the rich ice cream truck selling billionaire popsicles and Elon Musk is their number one seller. So people are eating $10 popsicles of Elon Musk's face. They're all his do they kids, look so accurate? They the, or do the, they look like the kind of messed up SpongeBob ones? They look kind of messed up. The, I love that he's buying them for his children. So they, do they have a Bezos one. The Jeff Bezos one kind of looks like the the patient from the game Operation. You have to like lick his bald head. Yes, too. you do. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel nauseous. I don't like that at all. The the oddly yep. enough, the Mark Zuckerberg one looks more human than Zuckerberg actually looks. But so. it tastes like sweet baby rays. <laughs> would you guys? Okay, I would definitely get the Zuckerberg one. The, the Bill Gates one is cute because it has glasses. The Elon Musk one doesn't even look like him. Yeah, that's the least accurate. And, and they're ten dollars suckers, so I like that the lady's price gouging on her like overpriced uh, popsicles. Uh, good <laughs> for her. Um, we could do Florence Pugh before we go. All wait, right, <laughs> wait, just a prediction. How many kids do you think Elon Musk is ultimately going to have? Twenty-five. Overall, in his entire life, he has he has the rest of his life to do this. Well, this and like men can stay fertile for a long time. And I he's think just he's going them. for triple digits. Triple digits. Yeah. Okay. I think he's going to stop at 20. He doesn't have a number in mind. No. I think he's just going to see. It depends on how many good specimens he gets. He wants to be Genghis Khan. You know what? We'll say Florence Pugh. Um, No, do it. Do it. uh, Oh, sorry. It's not my show. I mean, if you want to. I mean, if you are, like, opinionated on it. Do you have have strong feelings on Florence Pugh and Free the Nipple? Which feels very 2016. It's, It's so... Archaic. We're doing it is what's happening, just in case anyone's wondering. We're uh, doing it. Okay. Florence Pugh freed the nipple and these visionaries helped pave the way for those before her. That headline. I, I think I've already said this Visionaries. These visionaries. visionaries. Dude. Like, we're talking about the degradation of culture through Marvel movies. And Meanwhile. Over here, like, these visionaries who dared to show you that they have nipples. How dare they? Oh, my gosh. How dare they? Have you ever seen I, any <laughs> Renaissance painting at any time? Uh, so, so basically the idea here is, do you want to lead this? Anybody else want to lead this one? I, I just, I know that people are mad that she wore a, a Valentino uh, dress. Well, okay. Not that it's Valentino. She, um, her message was, take a look at yourself, fellas. Then take a look at your mates and step up when, I love how British it is. Step up when it's time to step up. When the boys are out of line, have a word. The weird thing about misogyny is men actually listen to other men. Yeah, this is this is the guy from Bridgerton saying. Oh, this. oh okay. Yep. So do your bit because the next few years, in in particular, are going to be a really good time to listen and take some responsibility for everyone's sake. What does that even mean? I think this is so weird. I what, think it, that the free the nipple thing is like a very archaic, like beginning of the culture war yeah. issue, yep. sort of like free bleeding, like it was never even a thing. Yep. But period art, period definitely, art. yeah. <laughs> the Ugh. whole thing is that she wore this dress that you could see her nipples through, and then this means that she is a very good feminist. Like, dude, have you been seeing what Julia Fox yeah. has been wearing? Like, she's actually a visionary in fashion. Not saying I love everything she wears, but um, you're not exactly like pushing boundaries. By also, showing like, this part of your body. No, you're not pushing boundaries at all. It's not that interesting. The dress is cool. It would look just as cool with a lining. It would actually be not as memorable without the nipples. And so, if you yeah, have, I have this thing where, like, if you have to show, like, if you have to show your body parts, like your your breasts or like whatever, to make something memorable, then like you should probably develop a more interesting style. Mm-hmm. It's I also know, annoying personally. that in like ten years they're going to complain about how they were objectified in the industry, 
And of course, and yeah. That, that's the part that infuriates me about all the stuff is they're always defiant when they're younger. And then when they get older, they're like, I can't believe I was objectified by the men of this industry. I'm like, well, you know, boohoo. And as you would expect, uh, Jamila Jamil commented, you are a magical effing queen and we do not deserve you. <sighs> I just the, think the like, lack this of is sincerity is almost staggering. Also, she could put that on anything. Yeah. That's like not even a specific to this. Like, yeah, the comment section on this on this post is really just like celebrities doing what they do. Yes, like, Queen Slay. Yes, Queen Slaying and girl bossing it up. I just don't nothing care. out of the ordinary. I do love the the retro nature of free the nipple being brought back and kind of like when we were talking about the activist guy talking about Greenpeace and like saving yeah, the it's rainforest. Nostalgic. It feels like a throwback. Makes you feel like <laughs> it's, Y2K it's aesthetic is Trump in, right? versus yes. Hill Dog all over all again. over again. God, God, I just God like help us. I don't I just don't understand why they're like oh so you're offended by my nipples and everyone else is like. No, like that I was a presumption. Was in and of not itself. cared. And they're like, oh, because you're backward. Like, it just seems like initially when we said this to me, I didn't want to talk about it because I was like, I don't care. But it bothers me that they are like, what is so terrifying about seeing my naked chest? No, everyone else is like, literally no one cares. And they're like, oh, so you admit that I'm provoking you. And it like, an sounds like someone wearing a trench coat and exposing themselves to people in public. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. So. Let's do super chats. Let's go to super Brett's chats. Like, I'm tired. See, <laughs> Lynn said, I love that Mary knows her emo lore. The fact that she immediately knew who Tillian was made my day. Mary is no poser, guys. Dude, I was listen listening to Dance Gavin Dance in the car this morning on the way here. Like, I'm about it. Okay. I know, I know the lore. Carter also. I watch YouTube documentaries about this stuff. Badaf said, now there's warp tour cruises for elder <laughs> emos and no i just like saying money shot when money shoots out and flies at your talking head perfect um yeah those cruises are dystopian maybe new titanic movie incoming yeah. how many people do you think are going to meet like their future spouse on one of those cruises it's not just like a vacation. Like, I think it like is where people probably are probably a lot because <laughs> it's like they have something in you common. Know what? Good for them. Like more millennials need to be meeting Mary. people in the wild. H yeah, like yes. getting hitched up. Um, Bad app said, "I hope all my super chats go to Mary's manicure fund." Perfect. They don't, but thanks anyway. <laughs> or they're like on the cruise and they use like Tinder on the cruise and meet somebody. Definitely. Yeah, that's stupid. More of that than anything, yep. sadly. Um, Dragon's Talon 1001 said, Elon's just having kids to make sure he gets a couple kids into Elysium. There's your dystopian society. Yep, Elysium. Caper2x said, two to tango. What did women see in him? Uh, in Elon? Money. Uh, gee, I, I wonder. Also, it's not just money because Jeff Bezos has like his GFs, whatever, but they're not into him. I think women are into Elon yeah. Musk because he has like sort of a, an, an interesting personality. Yeah. He's interesting. I think he's fairly good looking. He's also like, as far as we can tell, like a very devoted father, which I think indicates some level of like emotional attentiveness. Like at I least know. I hope so. Did I don't think like outside of having a normal monogamous relationship with a mother of your children you can possibly be involved in all 20. <laughs> yeah, it's getting out of hand, lives. especially since they live everywhere. Yeah. But with the original five, he like yeah. had them going to school in his factory and there was like, he'd be like, no, I, I see them. I like carve time out yeah. to spend with them. He puts them in different time zones so he can read them good night stories at a staggered rate. 
like, that doesn't sound a horrible. Good guy. Like, <laughs> like, like did, did you ever see the video of like um, Bezos at like a red carpet and like like uh, he's got his girlfriend with him and she's like they're staring oh, yeah. at Leonardo and, DiCaprio. Yeah, like Jeff Bezos doesn't gets, yeah. actually like have women interested yeah. in him. They're interested in money, but with Elon, I think. He would have GFs anyway. And, and Bezos has worked to get himself back into shape. He's like, he, he shaved his head to make himself look edgier. He's, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think also Elon Musk is now select, like he had his first wife and then he had been married. But then it seems like he's picking women who have like very intense career paths. So it's like mm-hmm. get an agreement to have these children together with like a mutual co-parenting, whatever, and then have careers. Like it seems like in some way he has moved beyond romantic relationships in his life. He has evolved past romance. romance. And it, it's sort of like Kanye's relationships with his like muses, so-called muses or like dress up doll mm-hmm. women. Like it's not really a romantic thing. Mm-mm. Uh, Goofer Trooper said, all Super Chats should go to Mary's Baking Fund and making sure one of you can go on the Beanie Man show daily. <laughs> I'll be on tonight. I already asked him. Double checked. Yeah, I double checked. Um, Dragon's Talon said, at least the Bezos popsicle wouldn't have you <laughs> coughing up a hairball. My, so true. One of my favorite memes of all time is the one of Elon, and it just says, it's like, when you're so rich, your hair grows back. Yeah, it's <laughs> the be- oh my gosh, one of the best. <laughs> when his hair, because he just clearly got a very good hair transplant. <laughs> Goofer Trooper said the Elon Popsicle looks the most edible. <laughs> Trust me, they all taste the same. See, Elon's the guy. No, who I think Mark Zuckerberg tastes like Sweet Baby Ray's. Sweet Baby Ray's. And, yes. the, and the thing is, Sweet those, Baby Ray's? I could see Elon <laughs> buying this, like, from this lady and franchising, franchising it, like, out of, like, oh, just yeah. for the memes. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, the thing is, one of them, like, because it's funny and we all like it, like, you know, one of them is like, I want to sue her for, un- like, for using my image. But then the other one, the that all, would like, be Bill Gates. They also, yeah. yeah, it would be Bill Gates. But they also don't want to be the guy who's, like, he's the suing a middle ice cream lady. Yes. But yes. Musk, was, M- Musk would be all about it. He, yeah, Elon he, Musk is, like, the most able to laugh at himself. And he and gets then the power of memetics. Zuckerberg just has, like, other people who work for him who tell him what's funny or not. And when to laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Dragon's Talent said, wait, feminists are happy she shows her nipples, but doesn't call her out for, wait, for not being fat phobic or for being fat phobic. Is she fat phobic? Is she fat phobic? I don't know. I don't believe in that. So I wouldn't know. Florence Pugh (laughs) exposed. I do know that she has like a big um, age gap. She's dating Zach Braff, the guy who's on Scrubs. The guy from Scrubs. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ugh, that up. This is so dark. A lot of fetuses were aborted from emo nights. Oh, man. The fact that it's, like, probably unironically true. Start a b- band called Plan B. Yikes. Well, that's Plan C. Yes. <laughs> Ugh. On that note. On that note. <laughs> that, that the last one. That yeah. was a fantastic I hate that. Show what a weird way to go out. <laughs> this show was weird, but I liked it. It was. It fixed the vibes. We should watch Chet Hanks one more time just to... Just to <laughs> To make the vibes better. In is fact, this going to be a thing where I I'm, find that you two are like up here having a meeting, like, but actually just checking in on Chet Hanks? He's like, we're giving you some words of wisdom daily. <laughs> we are manifesting. So we got to stay sober. Hanks we got to get show. jacked, pray, get meditate. Jacked. Don't fucking think it's all just a bunch of kumbaya bullshit. Don't. If you're like, I don't believe in God, fucking believe in him, motherfucker, because he believes in you. He does. If you don't want to use the word God, then fine. Pick other some fucking word. But it's God, motherfucker. God. Guidance, order, and direction. Period. Period. Uh, okay, real question. He filmed one yesterday too. Was he also wearing a white shirt? Uh, yes. Did you think he had he like sat down Sunday and was like, I'm gonna prep I all my I, posts for the week, and I, then just did a bunch of these? I'm I like, whoever you, is Chet Hanks's uh, social media manager, Chet Hanks, 
Is it Chad Hanks? I bet. I bet I, Chad I, Hanks is his own. Is he that authentic? I, I I think so. I think I, I think, love that for him. I don't think there's anything inauthentic about Chad Hanks. So of course. All right, uh, Hannah Claire. Oh, we got a couple. Uh, one more super chat there. I think. Yeah. Two, at yeah. least it's not. Yeah. Brett's like, go away, <laughs> Hannah Claire. <laughs> Cooper Trooper said more T Rex <laughs> Brett. Also, everyone say Groovy, please. Well, I just said Groovy when I read it. So Groovy. Groovy. Why? We just follow your commands. Do you remember when we get what those scam we? calls and they'd say like, "Don't say hello to the phone" because then they steal your hello and then they like what steal all your stuff? Oh yeah, a bunch of old ladies told me about they this one. Steal that, your hello. Like it's like they're recording your voice. If they want you to say the phrase yes so that they can like access your bank account or something. I don't that know. is never happening. And with that, Hannah Claire, let everyone know where they can find you on social media. I'm getting us out of here uh, in the most even <laughs> keel. Wait, I'm sorry. You mean that they were like trying to record you like Ferris Bueller style, <laughs> like to use your yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a soundboard no, on the phone look, with your bank. I'm not saying that this is like real what they was actually I'm happening. Sorry. But I used to get told this all the time. They're like, when you get a scam what? call that like says like hello and you're like, Who is this? Like they're trying to record your voice so they can like trick your bank account later. There seemed like there were a lot of steps in between to me. But <laughs> get, when they're asked when I'm asked to repeat you're a like, word while we're uh, recording, so I like can't help but be like, Why? Like someone with your bank is like on the other end being like um, can you tell me your social, please? And it's just, yes. Well, some banks, like... <laughs> yeah. well, or just, like, a snoring Some noise. banks, like, do voice verification. Like, so they Ferris want, like, a Bueller. sample of your voice. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's you. I'm sorry. It I seems just crazy to, to address me. that. Like, <laughs> Look, what? I'm not saying it's real. I said some boomer ladies told me about it. And we I have to respect their paranoia. What? I'm sorry. Let's let's oh, wrap okay. up the show. One more super chat. This oh, was thing there? from Bad App. Yep. Okay. Emo died when they took the loco out of Four Loco. Well, uh, they twi- did. I have no idea. I know Twisted Tea this took over for a while as far as meme drinks. So you know. And then White Claw did. Yes. Well, that's, that's but that's like I don't think the emo kids are like wanting to associate with the White Claw kids. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think so. Hannah Claire, let everyone know where they can find you. <laughs> Brett looks at me and says, "Please go away." <laughs> He's like, end the show already. I, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to find a graceful way. Uh, I'm just doing my best one. here. Hannah right. Claire, where can they find you? Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. You can find me on gla- on, glab, <laughs> on Gab at hannahclaireb. <laughs> and you can find me, of course, on timcast.com. I'm there every day. Click on the read tab. Click on the read tab. Click on the read tab. Every time. Mary. <laughs> Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram or WeChat at CloserKitty. And whenever I post articles on TimCast.com, like the one I wrote on Brendan Yuri today, I promote them on there. And I'm going to be on IRL later, so you can see me over there tonight. Having way less fun than we're having right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always so serious. They're going to talk about abortion and politics Ooh. and all this lame stuff. But uh, I have to dutifully shill for PCC yes, on we are, IRL. We are approaching 35K, which I am very uh, excited about. Uh, it means the world to us, guys. Uh, and we got one more super chat from Dragonstone. It says... Uh, they know uh, how to keep us here by just continuing the super <laughs> chat. Niger- Brett is the Nigerian prince that wants to give you millions of dollars <laughs> for I- from emails. That, he's right. Uh, that, that is that, I am that guy. Uh, I am that guy. And you're so. just going like this. Yes. 
I am the I am the T Rex of Nigerian princes in the emails. So. You're the Nigerian T Rex prince. What are we talking about anymore? Okay, all right, guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasvik for the Brett show. T-Rex. If <laughs> if you like this ridiculousness, it is Monday through Friday right here on YouTube.com, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, noon Pacific. We are also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. I don't know why you'd want to just listen to this ridiculousness <laughs> when you can watch it as well, but you can if you'd like to listen to it there. We are also on social media. We are on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore show facebook and tiktok at pop culture crisis and on instagram at pop culture crisis pod are you okay yeah what is wrong i'm sorry someone just said i i never say yes on the phone <laughs> it's just it's killing me See, they, they know what i'm talking about <laughs> they too have a boomer lady relative. Cut the cameras. Cut the cameras. all right guys that is everything for today we will be back with another episode tomorrow we'll see you then guys bye bye